From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Today, a special Memorial Day edition of Washington Watch. We'll talk with Texas Congressman Pat Fallon. He is a veteran of the United States Air Force. Also, I'll be joined in studio by former Minnesota Congresswoman and presidential candidate Michelle Bachman to discuss how the peace and well-being of America is intertwined with the peace and well-being of Israel. And then finally, my favorite general joins me, FRC's executive vice president and retired three-star general, Jerry Boykin is here to discuss the special meaning of Memorial Day and and what we need to do to ensure that those who gave their lives for freedom did not do so in vain. The website is TonyPerkins.com. As always, lots of resources there for you, and I would encourage you to share that with others. Well, here is today's word. In John's account of the gospel, he records these words of Jesus. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, Jesus was directly referencing his pending death on the cross, where he voluntarily laid down his life as the sacrifice for the sins of man. But he was also challenging his disciples to follow his example in living for others and not for themselves. Now, this is a defining characteristic of Western civilization, which has been shaped by Christianity. Now, today, on this Memorial Day, we remember and we honor the memory of those who, as President Abraham Lincoln described, gave the last full measure of devotion. Now, he made that speech at Gettysburg. And I've been to the battlefield a few times. It's a relatively short drive from D.C., so I've taken my kids there over the years, and we've stood in that spot where Lincoln is believed to have made his now famous Gettysburg Address. Now, President Lincoln was not even the main speaker that day. Edward Everett was the keynote, and he spoke for two hours, giving a speech that was over 13,000 words in length. Lincoln's address was about 270 words, but it has become one of the finest examples of English public oratory. It would be fitting, I think, today to quote just a portion of that speech. He said this, quote, The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they have fought here, those who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth, end quote. The challenge that President Lincoln put forward 159 years ago is still our challenge today. Against the backdrop of a divided and troubled nation, we must resolve that those who have laid down their lives for their friends, for this nation over the years, will not have done so in vain. That once again, we shall have a new birth of freedom. And this freedom, this freedom that we desire, will not come by complacency or by compromise. It will come when we have the courage to call the nation back to the only thing that can provide lasting freedom, and that is truth. 
Well, as we do every Memorial Day on Washington Watch, we do want to honor those who have served this country by discussing the freedoms they sacrificed their lives to protect. We know we are blessed to live in this nation with the freedoms we enjoy. But we also know that we must remain ever vigilant, protecting those freedoms and ever faithful to the God that grants them. Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Pat Fallon. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee and the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. He represents the 4th District of Texas, and he is a veteran of the United States Air Force. Congressman, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony, and happy Memorial Day to you. Thank you. And, and, and given that, I'd just like to a- ask you, um, as we do honor those who have given their lives and been willing to sacrifice. Tell us a little bit about your military service, particularly what drew you to want to serve your country. What was what was the motivation there for you? Well, you know, my parents raised me and my two sisters very well, and they taught us that there are certain things in life that are greater than you are as an individual. And that is God first, um, God, Jesus Christ, and then this country is greater than we are, and our families and our communities. And my father had served in the Army uh, for three years, and it was some of the best uh, the best years of his life, really. And he encouraged me to uh, serve. Um, and he, he, he chose the Air Force for me, Tony, because he said I wouldn't be spending a lot of time in the mud. And he was right. So <laughs> it was a good uh, choice in that regard. But, you know, really, truly, if you believe this country is a net positive for the world, which, you know, you know, Christian loving uh, patriots do, uh, you and I do, then it it is an honor to serve. And it is some of the best time you're ever going to have. My uncle uh, served in the Navy for two years and out in Hawaii. And when he died 50 years later, he had his ashes spread over the Pacific. That's how, you know, it it left such an impression upon him because you're something, you're part of something greater. You're serving other people and you're safeguarding the greatest country history has ever known. Well, my my dad was uh, was in the Air Force. He's a he's an Air Force veteran. Uh, my brother joined in the Air Force, but I uh, I don't. Know, I wanted to do something a little different. I was desperate. I joined the Marine Corps. I was trying to join the French Foreign <laughs> Legion. I broke up with a girl, but I couldn't find a recruiting office, so I went into the Marine Corps. But when you look, you sit on the House Armed Services Committee, and so you see the state of today's military. Are you concerned about what you see happening in our military in terms of you talked about that, uh, you know, in the Marine Corps, we call it esprit de corps. We, we're there because we want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And we're willing to sacrifice to do that. Is our military still creating that type of esprit de corps? Yeah, I mean, in some sense, but I am concerned, too, Tony. I mean, I have to be honest with you that I don't like the, the, what I'm seeing as far as the politicization, the, the, poli- the, you know, the politicization of the uh, of the military. Uh, I, I don't want politics involved at all. I don't want our generals to be seen as Republican generals or Democratic generals. I want them to be seen as American generals, like Schwarzkopf and all those that went before him. Uh, but unfortunately, we see today, let's be just be honest, we see the Joint Chiefs of Staff that really is viewed as the, the, the Democratic's general. Uh, and then I don't want to see wokeism in our country. The military exists to protect the United States from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And uh, we need to keep it on that narrow path. And some capabilities we have, uh, without getting specific, are incredible. And others we still need to work on because we have adversaries, China and Russia notably being the two that come to mind, that are really trying to uh, obviously outdo us 
and China is battling for hegemony moving forward in the 21st century. I mean, we, you know, today we enjoy great freedoms as Americans. Um, you talked about mentioned China and Russia, both countries that are totalitarian communist countries where people do not enjoy freedom. And, and I, I'm always concerned about this. And I think we should always be concerned that we sometimes that we do take this freedom for granted, that somehow it just will always be here for us. Mm. And, and that's not the case. And we've had it because of those willing to lay down their lives. We've had it because even in times of peace, we had a strong military. So. I, I, a military is essential to the freedom and the peace we have, whether we use it or not. In fact, I would prefer we didn't have to use it. Uh-huh. And the stronger we are, the less likely we will have to use it. Well, Tony, deterrents work. That, that, that fact of the matter is that they do. And the, you know, the bullies of the world are, in, are held in check largely because they know that the United States is there. And the world needs a strong United States. And if they, they don't have us... The only other option, again, is going to be China, and that's going to be a dark day for humanity when a government that has no legitimacy uh, would, would be the most powerful nation on Earth. Right now, we, we don't have that, uh, fortunately, but we're the only thing that stands in their way. And I remember when I was serving, I was a young lieutenant, and there was a poster on the wall in our office, and it said, all gave some and some gave all. And it just really struck me that, yes, we can serve in, in a multitude of ways. You can serve your country um, in, in uniform and out, out of uniform. But some have given the ultimate. Uh, if, you know, it comes to mind, quite frankly, we should honor them on Memorial Day as representation of the million and a half uh, American men and women that have given their lives is, uh, you know, Gary Gordon and Randy Shugart from the Black Hawk Down incident. They, they knew what right. they were doing. They consciously made the decision. They were Delta Army Delta snipers, and they went in to save Mike Durant knowing that they're probably, they personally wouldn't make it out. And that's precisely what happened. They gave their lives so Mike Durant could live. And uh, that always yeah. just means that, that tear to my eye and warms my heart to think of those two American heroes. Well, and, uh, and General Boykin will be on later, and he was the uh, commander on the ground for Black Hawk Down. In fact, uh, uh, Mike Durant just ran for the Senate in Alabama. Uh, he was just in the primary for that for that race. And it uh, speaks to the freedom that he had to pursue that because, you know, the, the Delta, those uh, guys, they wouldn't leave anybody behind. And so they went in to uh, to, to get him. And that's see, that's my, that's my concern, Pat, is that we've got to continue to produce it. I'm, I'm both encouraged because we continue to produce men. And, and women like that who are willing to sacrifice and give of them, give their very lives for the benefit of others, for not for a lot of pay, not for fame, not for fortune. They do it because it's the right thing to do, and it comes from within. It's not something you can force on the outside. We're seeing that over in Ukraine and Russia when you compare the two sides. But my concern is we got to make sure we have in place what's necessary to continue to produce those types that, that type of men and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meaning, purpose, and honor. That's what we should be focusing on. And there's a lot of talent in this country. And, you know, the, the military is a, 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 an opportunity to be upwardly mobile for many folks that have grown up in sometimes tough circumstances or, you know, folks that want to give back and want to really hone their leadership skills at an early age. 
because you know as well as I that, you know, when you're out in the business world, if you have two applicants and one's had military experience and everything else being equal, you're probably going to go to the veteran yeah. uh, because they're going to yeah. be a better employee. They're going to be a better leader. They're going to be a better manager. They're going to get along with folks because that's what you're thrust in and can really compelled to do when you're in your late teens and twenties. And you don't tend to get those kind of opportunities in the civilian world at that age. Um, and, yeah. and, and you're absolutely right. We've got to keep politics out of the military. Let's get the best people. I don't, you know, we don't conservatives. We know one thing. Success and talent comes in all shapes, sizes, and shades. Absolutely. And uh, the, the Marine Corps was the best thing I did. A week after, after graduating from high school, I was in uh, Marine Corps boot camp. And it, uh, it, it, you're absolutely right. Now, as I look back, when I have an opportunity, a couple candidates, if someone has military experience, it is, uh, it, it is where I'm drawn because our military continues to instill uh, – Traits and characteristics, it really hones them. It doesn't instill them. It hones what I think is already innate in the hearts of those men and women who are willing to serve. Uh, Congressman Fallon, I want to thank you for joining us on this Memorial Day. Always great to see and talk with you, and uh, we really do appreciate your leadership on Capitol Hill. Hoorah, Marine. Thanks for your service, Tony. God bless. All right. Take care. And, folks, I do want to encourage you on this Memorial Day. There's still time probably to go out and catch one of these Memorial Day events. Um, it is important, if nothing else, just sit down and have a conversation with your kids or grandkids, maybe over dinner this evening. But this is not just the start of summer. This is a day in which we take inventory and we express our gratitude for those that have, that will not be coming home to dinner. And those families that still today have an empty place around the dinner table because someone was willing to lay down their lives for you and for me. Don't go away. We're coming back with more Washington Watch. On the other side of the break, I'll be joined in studio by former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. That's next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Although most Americans believe they have a biblical worldview, studies show that most of our friends and neighbors, including those who attend church, don't think about the day's moral and cultural issues through a biblical lens. That is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview was created. The center serves to help Christians understand the importance of Scripture, why it must be authoritative, and how it can equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. The experts at FRC Center for Biblical Worldview provide resources to help prepare believers to give a scriptural answer to our culture's most pressing questions. Access these free resources at frc.org worldview. See the center's latest blogs, op-eds, and publications by signing up for the newsletter at frc.org worldview email. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. 
Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Again, search Stand Firm and download the app today. Most of us have at least one friend or family member who is pro-choice or have engaged with someone who doesn't share our pro-life views. As Christians, we are called to defend the weak and to speak truth in love. When we advocate for the unborn, we must do so in a way that is both honest and loving. At Family Research Council, we recognize the inherent dignity of every human life, from conception until natural death. The value of human life is not conditional upon its usefulness to others or an arbitrary evaluation of a person's quality of life. Rather, the value of human life is unconditional because God, the author of life, has created all humans in his image. FRC's Center for Human Dignity exists to give a voice to the voiceless by helping others speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Access our free resources at frc.org life so that you can address abortion, human trafficking, pornography, and more. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Thanks so much for joining us for this special Memorial Day edition. You know, because of God's blessing and the sacrifices of our military, no other nation enjoys such great freedoms as America. I mean, God has truly blessed this nation. You know, freedom founded on the Christian faith is a part of the American DNA. I mean, that's why we enjoy what we do. Uh, We enjoy this because of the fact that, you know, before us, our forefathers, they embraced biblical truth, and they built a nation upon that. But we live in a time when threats to freedom are not only coming from overseas, but also from our own government and from our own culture as it as it chips away at this foundation. We see examples of this uh, daily throughout our country. A nation is in danger of losing its way when it turns its back on God and his truth. Joining me now to talk about the threats facing our nation as we see a greater hostility toward faith is former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, Dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University. She is also the chair of the board of the Family Research Council. She is a former member of Congress from Minnesota, former Republican presidential candidate. And when she was in Congress, she was also on the Select uh, Committee for Intelligence in the House. Uh, Michelle, welcome back to Washington Watch. Tony, it's great to be with you, especially in studio. Yeah, it's great to have you in studio. Now, um, Thursday, this past Thursday, you were in uh, my hometown of Baton Rouge for a Jerusalem prayer breakfast, Mm -hmm. and you were uh, speaking to a a large gathering of of believers, connecting what is happening and what is happening in our policy real time here in America and in our foreign policy with Israel and the future stability of our nation. That's true, because we know that the Bible is true. And the Bible says very clearly in Genesis twelve three that those who bless Israel will be blessed and those who curse Israel will be cursed. And the United States has had a posture of being pro-Israel, for Israel, but not always. There's times when we've gotten off track in this country. We were extremely pro-Israel from 2016 to 2020, but now we've taken a decidedly anti-Israel 
posture, and that's very concerning. Let, let me let me ask you about that specifically. In in what manner has the Biden administration taken an anti-Israel or an approach that ignores the interest of Israel? That's true. Uh, well, personnel is policy, as they say, and Rob Malley is in charge of our entire Middle East policy, our Israel policy, and he's in charge of the Iranian agreement that's being negotiated in Vienna, Austria. The Iranian agreement was a terrible agreement that came in 2015 under the Obama administration. Really what it did is it gave $150 billion to Iran and allowed them to go forward with their with their program to gain a nuclear weapon someday so that after and, 10, and fund uh, terrorism and fund terrorism that because that's that's Iran Inc. Iran right. is all about terrorism. They do it through proxies, other nations, but they have one goal. And that is the annihilation of the Jewish state. As a matter of fact, the Ayatollah wrote a book about seven years ago called we will annihilate Israel in 25 years. They're very serious about, and passionate about their goals. Let me just stop you there and ask you a question, because you made a, you made a comment uh, at that breakfast last Thursday where you said, you know, world leaders, if, if someone wants to lead, they need to know the word of God. Yeah. So why is it you had the Obama administration pursuing a policy, this nuclear agreement with Iran, which we, we we now have the benefit of looking back seven years and realizing it was a bad deal then. Yeah. It was even worse now. Yeah. But then you have an administration at present that's trying to to revitalize and reenter that agreement. What's driving that? They want to revitalize it, but they want to enhance it and make it a hundred times worse than it was before. Because, again, the Biden administration wants to enrich Iran with about $135 billion. But what they also want to do is they're putting Iran and Russia together. So the Biden administration right now is supposedly pushing back against Russia, saying we won't buy Russian oil, for instance. At the same time, Biden is denominating Russia as our chief negotiator with Iran. But Russia will be the contractor that will be building the nuclear facilities for Iran. So these two very bad actors are colluding against the best interests of America and Israel, and Joe Biden is empowering them to do it. You can't make it up, and at the same time uh, this is happening, there are actually assassins. Now, this is far, sounds far-fetched, but it's true. There are assassins from the elite IRGC of Iran that are here in this country, in the United States. They've already stated they're seeking to assassinate um, high-level people in the yeah. Trump no, administration. I, I, I know it's that's very true, dangerous, I've, I've and our Department of right. Justice knows the identity yeah. of these people, of the assassins, would-be assassins, and the Biden administration is prohibiting the Department of Justice from indicting these people because they want to get this agreement through, the Iran agreement. Iran is sitting back and laughing. They're laughing at us. They can't believe that we're trying to empower them. And so what we're doing, it. It's hard to believe the United States blessed Israel more than any other nation. Now we're in a position of cursing Israel more than any, any other nation because we are literally empowering and enriching Israel's number one enemy right, that right. serves as an existential threat to their survival. They've said it. The Benjamin previous Netanyahu. prime minister, Netanyahu, said, said it. it. Uh, Naftali Bennett has said it. That's right. uh, we're almost up against a break, and we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break. But I know our listeners and viewers are saying, okay, 
So what's the motivation for the Biden administration to pursue such a bad deal? Well, he says his motivation is because he wants to get the United States out of the Middle East. He thinks, like, like Obama thought, if Iran is stronger and Israel is weaker, then the United States can stay out of the Middle East. No one believes that. Right. No, It's just the opposite. But uh, as General Gates once said, Joe Biden has gotten every foreign policy wrong in his career, and he's staying consistent when it comes it, to Israel. And I think this is one of the reasons that Mike Pompeo was one of the best secretaries yeah, of state. Without a doubt, the best. Very supportive of Israel. Yes. In part, and he did not hide this fact. He said, I, f I am a Christian. Yes. I believe the Bible, and I think, to your point... That's what enabled him to understand world affairs, yes. motivations of countries, and position America in the right place. You're right. Mike Pompeo was a man, is a man of God, is a man of prayer. He and I sat next to each other on Intel Committee. We traveled together on Intel trips. He knows the Bible, and that makes him a good leader. Hold that right there, because we're going to come back and continue this conversation <laughs> with Congresswoman, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, the chairman of the FRC board. Don't go away. We're coming right back with more after this. Religious liberty is the freedom to hold religious beliefs of one's own choosing and to live in accordance with those beliefs. It is an inherent human right. Therefore, Family Research Council's Center for Religious Liberty strives to advance religious liberty for all people of all faiths. Advocates for strong religious liberty protections are often labeled bigots. But for those familiar with the history of religious liberty in the United States, until recently it was embraced by a majority of Americans. In fact, religious liberty has historically had bipartisan support. Today, efforts to restrict this freedom have become increasingly common. Therefore, Christians need to articulate with greater clarity why we support religious liberty and why all people are served when religious liberty thrives. Access the Center for Religious Liberty's free resources to learn more at frc.org slash religious liberty. Join Family Research Council on an exciting two-year journey through the Bible. FRC's Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan helps you to dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into the cultural issues of the day. God has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. By studying the Bible, we can see God's plan unfold throughout the past and be encouraged by how the truth of Scripture is still relevant in our current day and will be into the future. The Stand on the Word reading plan engagingly and thoughtfully takes you through the daily scripture to help you stay grounded in God's truth. You can start this reading plan with Family Research Council today. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your family and friends. Visit frc.org Bible to begin this journey through the Bible today. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, and you're listening to a special Memorial Day broadcast of Washington Watch. So glad that you have joined us. The website is TonyPerkins.com, and I am privileged to have in studio with me 
uh, for the last segment and this segment, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman of Minnesota. She is now the dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University, and she is also the chair. I am blessed to have her as the chair of the Family Research Council board, and I've known Michelle for you know, it's almost been two decades now. Oh, easily. But back when you were in the state Senate in, uh, in in Minnesota leading the charge there, then you came to Washington and, and been you led the charge there, and it's just been, uh, you've been a blessing to the nation. And I know your passion, because I was on one of my first trips to Israel. Uh, was a congressional trip that I uh, helped organize, and you were on that trip. Louis Gohmert was on that trip. We had, <laughs> we had more we fun. We had a lot of fun on that trip. Uh, and there are pictures, too. Uh, but... Uh, and so I know your passion of, of Israel. We were just talking in the last segment about the policies of this administration. And one is the Iran nuclear deal. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't uh, I know that our listeners, our viewers know this is a bad idea. It's inexplicable as to why they continue yeah. to pursue this. You you explained it from their mindset, but it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around that. But what are some of the other policies that this administration is pursuing that would that, that are unfavorable to Israel that then removes the blessing that God has extended to this nation that yeah. we saw under the Trump administration, in fact, replaced it, I think, our economy, all these other things are a curse that have come upon this nation. That's right. There's a direct link, as the Bible says, between nations that bless Israel and nations that don't. In fact, the Bible is very clear in Joel 3, chapter 3, verse 2, that there's only one criterion upon which nations will be judged, and that's how nations treat Zion or Israel. And if nations seek to divide the land or scatter the Jewish people from their land or treat Jewish life cheaply, nations will be uh, held accountable for that by the Lord. And this is God's law. So the Biden administration is seeking to take the Golan Heights, which President Trump recognized. Israel owns that. That is their land. Um, that is now under a big question mark from the Biden administration. Joe Biden wants Israel to collapse their boundaries back to the 1967 boundaries. There, there is no basis and no reason why Israel would do that, and yet that's the demand coming forth. Uh, the Biden administration is seeking to divide Jerusalem so that eastern Jerusalem would become the new capital for the new Palestinian state. They're looking at statehood. They're, they're very um, adamant and pushing forward. Everything that they're doing now is anti-Israel and pro a Palestinian state and pro Iran. So the Biden administration is enriching and empowering Israel's enemies at the expense of peace, prosperity and security in Israel. And remember, Israel's at a crossroads. They had four governments that they couldn't put together four elections since 2020. Now a fifth is on the horizon because a member of the Knesset said they're pulling out of the very fragile coalition Mm -hmm. that there was. Israel is at its weakest right now. It's very fragile. It is very weak. And at exactly that time when the United States is weakened, we've always been the strong horse that's had Israel's back. As we are extremely weak right now, this is the worst possible time for us to demonstrate on the world stage that we don't have Israel's back. So nations are recognizing that there's nobody at home at the White House and they can do whatever they want to do, all these rogue bad actors. But at the same time, all these rogue bad actors that want to see Israel wiped off the map, 
They see that we're not there to defend right. Israel. It's a highly vulnerable time, and that's why the world is very unsteady. People can't believe it, even including Muslim nations. If you look, for instance, at um, the head of the UAE or the head of Saudi Arabia, they look at the United States leadership. They can't believe it. As a matter of fact, they won't even accept Joe Biden's phone calls anymore. So you have countries like Saudi Arabia and the UAE who have now turned to China. They've made a calculation, and they've said, we can't trust the United States anymore. Now we're going to do deals with the communist Chinese. So now the world has become very vulnerable and a tinderbox. And so we're, our threat level is very high. Well, let me, uh, l- let me kind of interject this in at this point, because we're, we're going to run out of time here in a moment. But one of the issues last week at the prayer breakfast, it was a prayer breakfast mm-hmm. focused on prayer. You served on the House Select Committee on Intelligence, so you you saw the volatility of the world. Given what you just described, how significant are the external and internal threats to America right now that would prompt us to pray? Well, I don't want to frighten people, but in my opinion, we're at our most vulnerable right now. Why? Because we're under attack here within the United States. I think we're under an economic attack within the United States. Inflation is a killer. And uh, so we also are being invaded here in the United States from our southern border. George W. Bush uh, was prevented from an assassination attack just last week. That's a former president of the United States. We're under attack from within. And, and, and there were people that were smuggled across the border they to were, carry it, it out. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and also, I think that there are vulnerabilities from abroad. So it's from within and it's from abroad. We've never had this level of attack. And what makes it all different is we're lacking political will to stand right. up for America in the White House and in the Congress. We've never been in this kind of a situation before. And we also have the um, welcome mat is open to globalists, to potentially global governance. We've never seen that before. It is time to pray. It's time to pray. Michelle Bachman, always great to uh, to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate being here. It's time to pray. It is time to pray. And folks, I hope you'll take that. And on this Memorial Day, understanding the freedoms we have did not come without a price. And we need to do our part to preserve those freedoms. And it begins in prayer. Don't go away. We're coming back with our own general, General Jerry Boykin, joins me next. Attention university students, do you feel called to promote faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture? Are you hoping to grow in Christian leadership? Then join Family Research Council for an unforgettable internship. FRC's 12 to 15 week internship program is designed to educate university students who are passionate about public service and who believe that a biblical worldview is necessary for government to serve the people and for culture to thrive. As an intern, you work alongside FRC's experts who will invest in your personal and professional development as you prepare to make a kingdom impact in the world. This paid internship offers free housing in D.C., allowing you to experience community with other faithful conservatives in the nation's capital. For more information and to apply, visit frc.org internships. That's frc.org internships. In today's culture, there are few examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need a model of leadership, strength, courage, and sacrificial love that they can look to. 
But where can they find it? Try our Stand Courageous men's ministry. We seek to help men develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. We invite you to join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who struggle with the same issues you do and will invest in unpacking our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can have the generational influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. At Family Research Council, we want to be able to keep you informed on our latest resources and events. Due to the growing threat of tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, we've created a tech subscription platform so that we can stay connected. So if we get canceled, you can continue to receive updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get special alerts on the biggest stories of the day. You can stay informed with just a simple text. We want you to be able to stay connected with like-minded community and to always have access to our content. Stay connected and informed. Just text STAND to 67742. This is Washington Watch, and I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this special Memorial Day edition of Washington Watch. You know, as we pause today to give thanks for the many freedoms that the citizens of America have as a result of the, res- of the resolve and the sacrifice that so many have made over the history of this country, you know, we are still aware that we live in a world where threats to that freedom are increasing, not decreasing. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, spoke at uh, West Point at the Military Academy graduation this month, and his speech brought into sharp focus what West Point's graduates will face in the coming years of their service, namely potential direct conflict with the other two superpowers on the world stage, Russia and China, uh, both run by regimes antithetical to freedom. Well, joining me now to uh, to talk about this and more is FRC's executive vice president, a founding member of the Army's elite Delta Force, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. General, welcome back to the program. Always great to have you on. Tony, I'm, I'm really glad to be with you, especially for the uh, celebration uh, of Memorial Day. You know, uh, General, you and I have spent a lot of time talking uh, over the years, and I know that this is a day of uh, quite... Uh, quite a significant day for you because of uh, the men that you've served with who have uh, given that um, full devotion, that final, they, they've, they've paid the full price uh, with their lives for freedom. I, I want to get your reflections on uh, this Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony, I, I think America is a general thing, uh, sees this as the beginning of summer. And, uh, we, we see Americans all over the country grilling and, and, uh, skiing and doing all of those things. And, and that's good. It, 
it's good that Americans are free to do those things, but we should not lose sight of the fact that this is about uh, remembering those who gave the last full measure, those who died in combat, those who did not make it home, uh, or they came home sadly in a body bag. So uh, this is a day of reflection, and it's a day to be proud to be an American because these men and women who uh, who we honor on this special day uh, are uh, never to be forgotten, and they should give us the right to be proud because of their sacrifices. Well, I know you speak at a lot of Memorial Day services. I spoke at one that was actually held last week, and you, know, you cannot escape America's production of men and women that are willing to lay down their life for others. You can't separate that from our Christian foundation. I mean, Jesus said, greater love hath no one than to lay down his life for his friends. And and I think that's what has, uh, it's a part of our DNA as a nation that, that we have, you know, produced generation after generation of those that, you know, it's certainly not for a lot of pay, uh, but they've been willing to go into harm's way for the benefit of the freedom of others. Can we continue that as a nation as we move further and further away from that foundation of faith? Yeah. You know, if you look at the polls, uh, we, we have a declining base of young people who are proud to be Americans. Now, when you, when you come in the military, uh, everyone takes an oath to the Constitution of the United States. And... Uh, if you're not proud to be an American, uh, if, if serving your country does not really appeal to you or give you a sense of patriotism, then it is unlikely that you're going to come in the military. And uh, furthermore, uh, it is unlikely that you're going to do much of anything that represents a pride in being an American. So what we need to understand is that the the, the, the ultra left in this country, and you can read that as the Marxist movement, has removed from our classrooms uh, things like American history. And, but what they've replaced it with has been uh, a, a very liberal agenda, which includes socialism and Marxism and critical race theory, et cetera. And uh, I'm afraid that uh, we have a, a declining base of young people who are proud to be Americans and who are willing to uh, come into the military and serve our country. And I know that's the case because I talk to moms and dads all over the country. And if we don't have that base of young, proud Americans that want to serve, uh, then America's in very deep trouble. And I, I see us, uh, we're almost there, Tony. You know, that's an extremely good point. I mean, if you have our education system teaching people to hate a country or to despise what it stands for, why would people then sacrifice to protect it? I mean, our education system is working against our own freedom. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the, and the sad thing about it is we, we, my generation, your generation, we have watched this happen and, and did not stop it. And now what we've done, we, we as men, what we've done is we've left it up to the mothers in this country to stand up at the school boards and, and, and say, this is not going to be, uh, the program for my children. I'm not going to stand for you teaching this to my children. And, and, and I'm telling you, 
we, we've got the mothers riled up now, and you saw it beginning over in Loudoun County, Virginia. But uh, you're seeing that all over the country now, and, and it, it's going to make a difference. It is going to change things, and it is going to be a step towards restoring pride and being an American. And, and that is essential to our fu- future freedom and our stability on the world stage. So this is not a, you might think uh, parents, uh, moms and dads standing up in the kindergarten classroom is not a significant thing. It's, it's kind of that butterfly effect. This one little step that we take could have a huge global significance because we return to an understanding of who we are as a nation and what we stand for. And I, I want to go back, General Boykin, to, uh, to something you said a moment ago about talking to moms and dads. And you know that there are young people that are choosing not to go into the military because anecdotally you've, you've spoken to their parents, you've spoken to those kids. But it's, it's actually being shown in the statistics uh, because our nation's military, when you look at the recruiting numbers and retention numbers, they're facing some real challenges right now, are they not? They are indeed, and none of the services uh, are, are actually meeting their recruiting goals. And, uh, in fact, it's it's so bad that uh, the Army has announced that it's going to eliminate 12,000 slots from the military, from the Army specifically from the Army, and it, and that is a result of not being able to recruit enough people to fill the ranks. And what it, why is that? It, it is very largely because of the same thing that we just talked about in the education systems. These young men and women that come into military to serve their country, and, and, and quite frankly, they, they want to be warriors for their country. Uh, what they're getting fed is a uh, is a steady diet of critical race theory and uh, tolerance and inclusion and all of the, the the leftist agendas issues are being forced on them and it is it has nothing to do with being ready to win the nation's wars and when we waste their time with all of this nonsense that has no impact on readiness no no positive impact on readiness. Uh, they are getting uh, discouraged, and they're hearing from their peers that have gone into the military, and they're hearing from others that have left the military because they refused to take a vaccination. And it is uh, it is building a constituency that is really not willing to serve, and it's reflected in the uh, lack of uh, being able to meet their recruiting goals now. Uh, what you had just laid out there, General, is a, t- to me, sounds like a recipe for disaster, because what you have here is you said, you know, we have our our schools that for the last couple of decades, if not longer, but intently in the last couple of decades, you know, the CRT framework that is teaching children to basically distrust, dislike, even hate this country. So they're not going to be motivated to protect the country. But those who escape that indoctrination, maybe private school, homeschool, uh, or even children who grow up in homes that are very patriotic, that survive that indoctrination and go on to the military, if they get to the military, now we have a military that's teaching the same thing that the schools were teaching, teaching the very ones who are to protect the country. They're teaching them an ideology that would cause them to hate the country. I mean, this sounds like a recipe for disaster in terms of national security. Well, I think it is, Tony. And you stop and think about uh, and and you and I know this because we we have served. But the 
the equalizer on the battlefield is two things. And, and one is a sense of purpose. Well, you, you, you know what you're fighting for. You know why you're fighting. And you see that in the Ukrainians right now. And then the other one is unit cohesion. Unit cohesion, you're working together. You will do whatever you have to do to protect your brother, your buddy on the right and left. And uh, and what we're doing with critical race theory is we're sitting these uh, young men and women down in a classroom and we're dividing them up. We're dividing them. That's not unity. We're dividing them right, automatically. Right. And we're saying to them, you on this side are the oppressors and you on the other side have been oppressed by these people. And uh, that does not build unit cohesion. You cannot expect to win if we don't have that cohesion. They've got to be willing to fight for each other as well as for the Constitution. Right. And I know you were about 10 years ahead of me going into the military, but I know in the Marine Corps, we only had one color. It was green. Yeah. Um, you know, we had different shades of green, but we were all green. And and I, I we, we didn't have that separation. It was that unity that came because you all had a common purpose. We all had a common purpose and a common mission. Uh, so, so, General, based upon your experience, 36 and a half years in the United States military, now for the last uh, 15 years, you, you've been monitoring this. You continue to stay involved in speaking into this and the previous administration giving advice to them. How do we get back to where we need to be? Yeah, we need to, first of all, and, and everybody needs to understand what I'm saying. First of all, you need to go to the polls. And you need to be very conscious of the fact that the way you vote impacts on our military, because what we need is we need, first of all, a commander in chief that respects our military and and wants the very best for them and wants to ensure they're ready to meet the uh, challenges of the future. And then secondly, we need members of Congress who uh, might be on the Armed Services Committee, but certainly will vote the right way when it comes time to uh, support our military with uh, uh, funding and, and, and other policies that impact on the men and women that serve in that military. That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, you need to go out of your way to thank those people who are in the military and serving to encourage them because right now they're pretty discouraged. Well, in, in general, I'd probably leapfrog ahead of those two in, in one that I know you're passionate about because you help produce it. And that is to, to challenge dads, uh, challenge moms, parents to teach their children about this country and the significant um, markers uh, of this country, those milestones and its integration with our faith as Christians. Yeah. And, and, we need to know who those founding fathers are and, and what we have been, what, what our, our young people, our youth today have been told is that they were just a bunch of white slave owners. And, uh, and that misses the real history of our founding fathers. They were not perfect men and that, and they did not give us a perfect country and we have not been a perfect country, but it's not, it's very important to understand uh, who these men were and what motivated them and to understand the biblical foundations of the values that were inculcated into our judicial system, for example, but also just in our government as a whole. And it is very important, though, and this is why Memorial Day is so key to us knowing who we are. It is very important to know about the sacrifices that have been made. If 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 moms and dads are not aware of American history themselves, then they ought to 
make a, a habit of uh, trying to find the appropriate literature that will help them to be able to explain to their children why America has been so important to the whole world and why we are we are still a great nation because of sacrifices that have been made. And uh, we have a generation right now is not aware of those sacrifices. And all you have to do is take them through Arlington Cemetery or take them to some veteran cemetery uh, in, in, in a local community and explain to them that some of these people here gave everything they had for something they believed in. And what they believed in was America. And we have been given the right to be proud to be Americans. And we all have an obligation, as Abraham Lincoln said, at the dedication of the Gettysburg Cemetery, that uh, we have an obligation to pick up where they left off, where they, uh, they gave that last full measure. And we've got to make sure that they did not die in vain. And that means each and every one of us, whether we serve in uniform or not, that we uphold the principles of this country and we we fight for those. And, and maybe that's fighting through legislation. Maybe that's fighting in social media, to use that term. But we need to stand up for what we believe in and not shrink back out of fear of those on the left who want to to marginalize and silence those who love this country. Absolutely. So General, I want to thank you for joining us. Always great to talk with you. And uh, once again, thank you for your service to our country. Thank you, Tony. And uh, just uh, keep in mind what Memorial Day is all about, folks. Right. For those who gave it all. Folks, I want to thank you for joining us and uh, do pray for our country and do your part. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 